What you got, Cassie? All right. Break 80. We're out here with the Break 80 podcast. We're live from the party deck, the cocktail deck here at Rocket Mortgage in Detroit. I'm sure you'll be able to hear all of them. Who do we have with us right now? Hi, this is Joe Ruskin with my buddy Brad and his brother Greg. We're watching T-Balls come in on this medium short length par three, and I think there's some prop bets going on. Marikawa just hit it to about 18 feet, and we're all taking bets. First guy, second guy, or third guy, who gets closest? Greg Pitts. Oh, oh, Tommy Kim, Tommy Kim is timed it. Tommy Kim just hit it inside yeah, Morikawa. So Brad right now is leader in the clubhouse, closest to the pin. Boy, who do you got? Who's, your, who's third? I got a third guy. Hopefully he does not like a dead horse. I think his, his name is Joser or something. Joser. Uh, if he puts it inside the other two, it's going to go nuts in this place right here. Give us the name. Keegan. Keegan. Oh, I got Bradley. Keegan Bradley. Keegan from last week. Come on, Keegan. Oh, Keegan hit it. He's leaning. He's leaning. He's leaning. Oh, what a downer. Keegan Bradley hit it to 40 feet. Get the fives out. Right? If I had a camera, I'd show you that I just lost five to Brad. Greg, pay your brother five. There we go, guys. Prop that's happening here at the cocktail deck at Rocket Mortgage. Maybe today's the day I break 80 Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading No OB and no bogeys I gotta keep it on the 80, it's the gold Well yeah, you hit it on one, straight up the gut, baby Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy So punch out the rough and tune to break 80 Break 80 This is episode 59 of the Break 80 Podcast. Styled here, joined by short sighted Mike and Mr. Detroit himself, Top 100 Tim. But before we get to that stuff of, of the week and, and professional golf and all those things, I've got a little game that I like to play. And this is in honor of our 59th episode. Um, in alternating order, I would like you guys to think of somebody who has shot 59 in tournament play. And we're going to continue to go back and forth until somebody can't think of someone. Before we start, you can't look it up, by the way. Can it there be 59, one, two, 59 three, or four. better? Or better? Uh, let's take Jim Furyk's 58 out of there. Okay. Son of a got to be 59. Bitch. So let's see. There's one, two, three, four, five. There's quite a few options. I think there's like 10. Okay. Eleven. Tim, do you know any? So we're we're gonna start with Tim, and we'll alternate to Mike second, just because I think we need to give Tim a chance. Um, <laughs> and so you just gotta think of somebody that has shot a fifty-nine <laughs> at some point. It doesn't need to be. It could be on the you know Champions Tour. It could be. I guess let's take no Corn Fury or no College Golf and stuff like that. It's got to be on one of the two main um, uh, fields. So. With that being said, Tim, do you have a pick? Well, I mean, I don't want to bring up myself too often, but uh, I'm pretty sure I shot a 
a 59 or a 58 back when I was 13 years old on the the old front nine at Duck Creek Golf Course in Davenport, Iowa. Gosh, do you not uh, know a single guy that shot 59? <laughs> no, is it, my, is, it, is it my turn? Is it my turn yet? <laughs> yeah, you can go. Much. All right, how about uh, this, Kim? If you can't get any, let's switch the game. I assumed you would know a couple of guys that have shot 59. Let's see how many Mike can get. All right. Al Guyberger. Yep. Big lefty. Lefty. Chip Beck. Chip Beck. Ah, you got the two old ones. That's David that's Duval. David Duval. Yep. Oh, man. We're not. Jim Furyk doesn't count. God, who else shot 59? Um, now I'm blanking. Um, man, oh man, I'm drawing a blank now. So you got three out of the, okay, let me give you a hint on one. I think if you really think deep, deep down on this one, I'm going to give you the tournament and I think it might ring a bell. Okay. This was in 2010 at the Greenbrier. Greenbrier. Not, you know, he's your, I'm trying to think of, because there was two guys that, actually no, only one, that's that Greenbrier, um, I want to say that he like, the last hole is a par three, I think, and he stuffed one, there's a big ridge over the front of it, like in the middle of the green, and he carried just over the ridge to like a, had like an eight footer for 59. 2010. 2010. For some reason, I don't know why. I wanted to say Brian Gay shot 59, but I don't think he did. Do I, think he have 60, I think he shot 60 or 61 somewhere. There's a couple of really good now players that have shot 59. Like, really? You know, we're talking one was in, uh, let's see here, 2000. Well, I mean, like top 15, 20 players in the world have shot really? 59 on tour. Really? Um, God dang. Let me think of the world top 10 then. Well, let me go back to the one. So the one I was trying to give you was Stuart Appleby. Oh, yeah. Stuart oh, Appleby. In the, green, in the Greenbrier. You know, and he, he kind of had the vi- kind of the mic visor going. Um, So that was one of them. And then you guys actually were saying a name just because he shot 58. But he's also shot a 59. Shot 59. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So 58, Jim doesn't count. But at the BMW 2013, 59, Jim does. I don't know, that was a par. The fifty-eight was a par seventy mm-hmm. golf course. I don't know what the fifty-nine was. So but Jim Furyk at Conway Farms, par seventy-one, Ooh, Chicago, huh? Yep, Chicago like, Conway. You got to give the three that you got though, Mike, credit because all three of those guys did it on a par seventy-two. Yeah, they're the Al real. Guybert, yep, they're the they're the real fifty-niners. The OGs, yep. Chip Beck was a stud, and then he just fell apart. Um. Well, let me, okay, how about this? There's a guy on this list um, that recently had a lot of success. Wink, wink, rocket mortgage. Ricky shot 59? Not Ricky, not Ricky. Colin Morikawa? No. Rocket mortgage. The one Hadwin? more. Hadwin. Adam, Adam Hadwin? Hadwin. Oh. Where was, that? Where was that at again? La Quinta CC 2017 oh, um, Career Builder Challenge. Third round. Huh. 13 birdies. Jeez. Six consecutively. Jeez. Um, and then the other one I thought you would get, because I remember this one. This it was at the Wyndham Championship. Um, 
another visor guy or has been a visor guy in the past in greensboro visor guy. um he's known to use his putter that he had in middle school um has been on a Ryder cup team usa Ryder cup justin thomas on back justin thomas did did shoot a 59 while while i or yeah while i but i was trying to get that snedeker brant snedeker oh yeah brant snedeker I don't so know why that, the old ones. I don't know why the old ones stick in my yeah, head. Yeah, I couldn't believe you got the older ones. Those were tougher. And then Paul Guaidos did it in the John Deere Classic. Oh yeah. Wait, yeah, what Guidos. year? Two thousand ten as well. He was good in the players. He won like the players or something. Mm-hmm. Or was second place in the players one of those years too. And then the only other two that we have not said yet is you guys missed the number one player in the world did it. Scheffler TPC Boston, the Northern Trust in the second round. Yeah, I forget all the new ones. But it was in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Had six birdies on both sides. And then um, Kevin Chapel. I didn't really remember this one. It, I don't even know what tournament this. The old white TPC, a military tribute to the Greenbrier in 2019. I do not remember yeah, it's, that it's, one. Yeah, it's the Greenbrier. Yep. Okay, so that would be the other TPC one. TPC old white. I think we got everybody else. And then obviously Furek shot a 58, so... All right. Well, you know, it didn't go as well as I thought. I thought we would, you know, have a little game there, but you know, it is what it is. So episode 59. Uh, well, let's start with the rocket mortgage. We sent our man, Timmy there. He's going to talk about his week. Uh, but we do have to comment on, you know, tournaments like this, when you get a, a meaningful win are huge. I mean, Ricky Fowler has been knocking at the door, sneaky, great year, great year. Um, he gets the W. Uh, you know, he we kind of thought that he might do the usual Ricky recently where he just can't finish it. And I want to say that coming into 18, at the time that he had to make birdie, you know, he kind of fumbled on the par fives, three-putted for par, didn't, and like snapped hook one in the thick rough on the second par five. There had only been, I think, eight birdies at the time on the on the 18th hole when Ricky comes in needing to have one. And I think it's a little bit, you know, I don't know if people have talked much about this, but he got it into the intermediate cut. And why was that important? Because it knocked the spin off. Everybody was a back pin. It seemed like everybody would get it to the pin, but then it would zip back 10, 12, 15, 20 feet. Well, Ricky's in the intermediate cut. His ball hits, lands, and just stops. No spin on it. And then he got his three-foot birdie putt. And then he comes back again uh, from the trample down rough runs it up to the back pin. So almost to me, it seemed like it was an easier pin if you were not in the fairway or in the intermediate because nobody, everybody's trying to get it back there and they're zipping it. Adam Hanna would almost hold out. It zipped all the way back to like 20 feet or something like that. Yeah, that, so that he, pin that pin was back there. And back we saw there that, on a crown. Was It, it was That's, a crown. And then, and then Morikawa went long and showed how hard of a chip that was coming back. Like long mm-hmm. did not seem good either. That's the only defense of that golf course when it's soft like that. They have to put the pins way in the back so guys can't just fly it five, ten yards past the pin and suck it back. So so they had to do that. Otherwise, they would have been 30 under because um, it was so the soft conditions. But uh, Ricky, yeah. I mean, the other thing I noticed about Ricky is, you know, he used to be regarded as one of the prettier putting strokes on tour. Uh, and he used to be a super aggressive putter. Like he was not a diet in the whole guy. 
And he, again, he started putting a little more aggressively. It looked like even the 11 footer he made there at the end in the playoff had some pace on it. So he seemed like he was putting a little more uh, like he used to, but he was doing the Ricky and stalling out big time in the middle of that round. I mean, he only was shot like three under when all the other guys were five and seven under and they were going low. He did stall out there for a while. Didn't look good. Yeah, he was he was even par on the back going into 18. So he hadn't shown a lot of life. And 17 was a uh, a very reachable par five where he had put it into some rough and, and just buried himself deep within that rough and had a terrible chip out, ended up making a par when, you know, the stroke gained average on that hole was was one stroke. So he's losing one to the field and then going to 18, one down with Hadwin and uh, and Morikawa in the lead. So what he did on 18, too, that is, oh, my goodness. Uh, for us mere mortals off the tee, there are these massive trees, 120, 150 feet high, uh, old oaks that overhang the left side where all these guys are just pounding these high draws over. Um, and then just a crowned green, an, an old Donald Ross that he... As you said, Mike, uh, utilized his intermediate cut to the the best of of his abilities to put it really close. Yeah, I mean, 18 is, it's only, what, 475 yards. Technology has deemed it. Now they're hitting nine irons and wedges in there uh, when they hit a good tee shot. But I think these last two weeks, there's been a lot more of the ball talk again because of Travelers and Detroit. But at the end of the day, just grow the rough up, make the fairways uh, a little narrower and hope for firm greens. If those greens in Detroit were firm, you know, they, they had all that rain. So there was no way they were going to, those are firm. You could have some nasty pin placements where guys could not make birdie if they had them firm and they had the rough growing up, but the tour doesn't like, they don't want to play in those conditions, but that's the real way to get the scoring down, not fucking change the golf ball and do a bunch of stuff with technology. Yeah, the um, the issue there is uh, they hadn't had too much rain before they got the rain. So the rough wasn't necessarily growing. Uh, most of the spots that you walked on outside of where the sprinklers were hitting it very close to the fairways was pretty matted down or pretty mild. Uh, those trees, though, the height of the trees and if the wind would have would have come up, some of those driving lanes that you have are very narrow. I mean, number number seven, it's a, it's a short par five, 550 yards. You have all of a gap of maybe 75 feet, and the guys can't hit it high enough to get over the trees, so they have to go through this gap, and it, it is the narrowest thing I've ever seen. It's It's just, it's implementing some more of those if they really want to, or it's you know, committing to watering the entirety of, of the grounds to really bring that rough up, especially in, in the Midwest right now where we've had just terrible drought conditions. So what can you do? What can't you do? Well, well props to Ricky, because sometimes when you get these birdie fest, it doesn't always highlight the best player, right? The best player is the one that minimizes mistakes. The best player is the one that, you know, tries to keep the ball in play and not make the big mistakes. And like things like this makes you be ultra ag- aggressive. And sometimes, you know, the better player doesn't really, you know, show out very much. And honestly, 
the fact that we had Ricky and Morikawa, two of the better, you know, top players recently are playing. Morikawa's not playing great, but he's still, what, top 15 in the world? 20? What is Morikawa? I don't know what he is, but, you know, those are two highlighted names. Like, that's huge for the PGA Tour, right, for for tournaments. And and the fact is this. When Ricky makes that putt to win it, could you not just see the load? Could you see the load of the weight, like, just come off him? That's why he just stood there for a second. He's like, I can't believe I just did this. It's been four years. Wow. You know, you could just feel it. You could see it. And it's it probably adds up, man. I mean, these guys, Rory, same thing. When he finally gets another win at some point, or at least another major, I should say, not another win. He wins wins a couple times a year. But but it's just like, dang, finally, man. All I don't have to talk and answer questions again about not finishing or finally. Thank goodness. And he's got great perspective. Ricky's one of the best dudes in golf. I mean, the guy's yeah. unbelievable. So I, I, was good. I was happy for him. Top five uh, winning celebration of all time, possibly. And he's just standing there kind of taking a big sign. Ricky Romano is jumping around, going crazy as caddy right around him. Uh, to answer your question, Morikawa is 18th in the world right yeah. now. Which is... When we get what, to the... Uh, we'll get to the update here, all this stuff. Which is, you know, the fact is, like, the Morikawa thing, We, you know, we probably crowned him a little early, but he had won majors at a very young age. Like, he seemed like... You know, he can't hit a ball wrong. And then he lost his way. Like, he couldn't – he had a two-way miss going for a while. And then today, this this last tournament, they said that he had back to where he trusted his ball was not going left. He's like, it's gonna, it's cutting every time, and there he is. He's competing again, right? So that trust, it takes a while to build back up. So more cow showing life, I think, is good for the PGA Tour as well because uh, he's that young face that, that, uh, that I feel like we kind of – crown and he's got to show something again show some life and so that was good that's good for the pga tour um anything else or any other guys from the week that on you uh, out? on morikawa uh i followed him a, a bit while i was there and and just the the sound off of those irons it's different the uh the contact the compression and as ricky was coming into 18 because i didn't necessarily have a great view of uh him coming in I, I went back to the media tent or was walking towards the media tent and there was a big space available because there's a, a completely open hole as a part of the other course that's there. And Morikawa was hitting wedges and he has his spot on one of the tee boxes. He's hitting up to the red tee box. He's hitting into the start of the fairway and then he's hitting into about a hundred yards away from him. And you could have thrown a hula hoop over his ball dispersion at each one of those points. It was so crisp. And I'm just watching him and hearing him hit these golf balls as he's staying warm for the playoff, thinking, yep, this is going to happen. Hadwin has to make a par. He'll probably do that. Ricky could make the birdie. You never know. It's probably going to come back. Let's stay crisp with wedges just in case. And my God, the precision at which he did that was mind-boggling. Um, Ricky's up to 23rd in the world now, by the way, he was outside the top 200, uh, coming into the year at the end of last year. I, I have some stats. When we get to the Ryder Cup stuff. How about Lucas Glover switching to the long one, the long yeah. putter and, uh, T four coming out of nowhere. He should, he probably would have won five more events. If he would have switched back in the day, uh, tied with Peter Kest who Monday qualified and got 
T4 and $370,000. And I believe is very close to getting temporary status for the rest of the year. He's playing the John Deere next week. He uh, was tremendous to fans. Yeah. He was shaking hands. He was saying hello. Uh, he was all over the place. He's in the field he this week there. too. Yep. He's in the field for John Deere class. Adam Shank, who plays pretty well in all these kind of lesser known events was up there. The one guy who did not Everybody was was going low. Taylor Pendrith shot one over seventy three the last day. He was the he's the only guy in like the top twenty that was over par the last day. I, I I hate to see that too because he had such a go at it the year before. Yeah, right, he was, he was president, right. President's Cup guy. Yeah, well, and uh, he was right there against Finau last year. Yeah, makes to, a lot of birdies. to win. So um, tough for him, but a, a great, a great attempt, especially the first three days to be in that run in again at a place that he knows really well. Well, I guess I want to get to, you know, that's kind of how the golf went this week, but I want to get to Tim. You were Mr. Detroit this week. You went down to Detroit on oh, Friday God, morning. Yeah. Talk, talk to us about your week. You had full media credentials. You got a, sounds like you had some great food. You met some people. Tell us about your week. Weekend, I suppose, uh, chronologically would be the best, huh? So, yeah, flew in and um, pretty much went straight from the airport through the the clubs, the the bag into the car, and went straight to Rocket Mortgage that Friday and spent my afternoon there. Um, really trying to both get in front of uh, some players that we knew, Ryan Gerard, Will Davidson. We'll have an interview coming out with uh, with Will later on this week, a little bit about caddy life, um, some of what he's doing, his movement between the LPGA, China Tour, um, over in, in Europe with the DP Tour, and then finally into the PGA with a couple different players and what it means to be a caddy and what he brings specifically to his players. Um, but also just walking the grounds, kind of getting to know what it means to be a part of media, uh, which starts with with just a little bit different access than the public. So uh, a lot better parking situation was uh, parked very close to the gate and flexible entry. So the ability to bring in a larger bag, the ability to bring in technology when you come and uh, air conditioning and a little bit of free food. So some great amenities once you're into the the property itself. And not that I used it, but the ability to go under the ropes. Didn't bring a uh, a large camera with, but if, uh, if we decide to later on down the road, uh, can choose to go underneath the ropes and, and begin to take some, some serious photographs of the guys. Yeah. So... You're saying I should get on Amazon and order as a fake large camera for the John Deere? Not even real? <laughs> no, 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 no. I told you guys, I, I, we can do this a lot cheaper. We just need a broomstick with a fake boom mic on it. <laughs> right? It, it could just be like, I don't know, just a, a fuzzy uh, lint collector on the end. And uh, we can just walk wherever we want to. So uh, Friday was was really spent there, kind of lining things up for the rest of the week, some taking some initial photos, and then finally putting out one of our articles on the the architecture and a little bit of the dichotomy of Detroit, Detroit the city, the golf course, and and how there's this place in Detroit that is 
almost a time capsule uh, because there hasn't been encroachment from the city. There hasn't been urban movement that has asked for that land to become housing, right? There's there's so much vacancy around that golf club that the Donald Ross design that is there is still pristine and intact and will continue to be as far as I can see. So it's a it's a wonderful time capsule, a wonderful place to go. Uh, my what my Saturday morning was spent waking up way too early uh, to go out to the University of Michigan course called the Blue, which is an Alistair McKenzie course. Um, technically finished after his death, but drawings done by McKenzie, uh, which is just in fantastic shape. It is an architectural gem. Um, it has the crushed white sand, beautiful bent grass greens. Uh, they've got the thing rolling at 11s on the stimp and some very, very creative architecture. Lots of blind shots on the front, but absolutely worth a visit if you're you're in the Detroit area. It's, again, what's it's... What's the green fee? Uh, so it, it, it varies. Um, it recently turned public this last year. So okay. a completely public green fee is going to be $160 if you're not affiliated with the university. Now, if you have any affiliation, if if you've got a student that's with you, if if you know a teacher, if you know an alumni, if you can have someone else kind of help with the booking, it will drastically reduce that rate. Uh, but to the public coming in without any, any assistance, 160 mm-hmm. alumni, $60. So... A, a big variance, and honestly, at, at sixty dollars, probably one of the best sixty dollars courses I've ever played. I mean, well, it is. It's better architecture than almost all those top hundreds that are that Fazio and Nicholas. You know, think about that. Way better golf course than Pelican Hill, and you paid like five hundred dollars in that. Okay, yeah. all McKenzie, right. We don't need McKenzie's to go an that actual <laughs> as an actual architect or was Let an actual. Architect. I mean, yes, the course itself is great. The land is is good it's it's still in michigan right so yes it's it's an incredible piece of land it's weird because you've got this 1930s finished design and that was revamped in 1994 um by the uh god was it the arthur group um but right behind it they are putting in two giant new big screens on the big house so you've got these giant big screens just flanking this this old architecture course. So it's it's kind of a, a time capsule in itself. And then as soon as you leave the walls, there's new high-rise apartments and big screens and all of what University of Michigan has going on having, outside the walls. So having been to Ann Arbor, I've been there once before. Top 10 college town in America. It's a really cool town, Ann Arbor is down by the campus and stuff. Pretty neat. It is. It is. Sort of. And the golf course adds on to it. Do you do you think, Tim, if I showed up and said that I know the Fab Five, they give me a discount? Oh, for sure. Free, for probably. Sure. I mean, come on. If yeah. I can name if I can name <laughs> yeah. the five Fab Five and as long as you were playing golf with super baggy shorts. <laughs> exactly. And you, had, and, you had, and you had Ray King with you. And you had Ray King with you. No, it's oh, Ray man. Jackson. Ray Jackson, Jimmy, Jimmy King. Ray Jackson, Jimmy King, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy King with you. Oh, see, web. As long as I call it, I call a timeout when I don't have one. They let me in. I, 
so something about those old courses, I don't know what it is, but it, it, there's hard par threes on modern courses. I mean, you get out to 200 yards. There was one that was 246 yards, slightly downhill, but a 246 yard par three uh, at this this Alistair McKenzie design at University of Michigan course. I'm thinking, how did they play this? Like who made par here back in 1940? They weren't like the, fucking candy asses. That's why they weren't. They were tough. Well, Mike, I did put it to. I, <laughs> is why I brought it up. I did put it to twelve feet and two putt it. So you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but it, just to, it, get out there, please play that course. It is absolutely wonderful. Um, the front nine again. It's super undulated. Lots of blind shots. Something I've never seen, and I, I have to commend a university on this. Uh, number two is a particular blind tee shot normally where you'd see the the mirroring system um you know you you'd have some sort of of long telescope that you'd be able to look out of and uh there they put in a qr code so you bring your phone up you're on 2t there's a qr code it says check the fairway ahead of you you load in a camera um or a camera view of of the fairway and you know whether it's safe to hit or not uh, which I thought was particularly inventive, and as a university that's based around tech, ah, good for them. That was interesting. So, yeah. Uh, so after that, back to Rocket Mortgage. Again, um, wonderful having kind of the red carpet rolled out. Our my first experience, I guess, Break Eighty's first experience with it. Um, again, coming in, not having to have bought food or plan for the day. You've got charging ports, you've got internet access. I'm finishing up the article on, on the golf course on, uh, the blue, uh, while I'm, I'm kind of looking and seeing where people are on the scoreboard and seeing where they are on holes. And eventually I go out to what's called the cocktail deck on number nine. Nine is a, a pretty short par three and right behind it, a little bit of a, a, um, a Scottsdale atmosphere, a little bit of waste management going on where drinks are flowing. Guys are doing prop bets. There's lots of cheering and it's the short little par three where all the action's happening. So got a little bit of audio. I hope to, to put that in on one of these episodes, uh, Jeff, I'll probably send it to you. We can open with it or we can, we can do something with it. It could go in right here, but guys going out there and putting big money, on who's closest, who's three putting, who's doing what on this little short par three while they're have, all having cocktails. It's it's a blast. Um, Sunday was Saturday, was Saturday, Tim, the one that did they have a delay? Was that Saturday? Uh, yes, there was a, a significant delay. I want to say we wrapped up. Gosh, was that two forty five? Whistles blew. Um, I went back to the tent to kind of wait it out, and then everyone was back out by four thirty. And there were no fans anywhere. So it was uh, wonderful for access that day. Nice. Uh, the next morning, woke up very early. Holy Christ, is East Lansing far away from Detroit? Who'd have thought? How far is it? Hour 45. Really? So woke Jeez, up. Had, had, <laughs> modern GPS won't give you those things when planning. Please, Timmy. Well, you know, it, there's planning and there's, there's planning and then there's commitment. So 
<laughs> I was up early on uh, on Sunday to go play Eagle Eye, which is a part of kind of a peat dye compound out in, in Lansing. So where University or uh, Michigan State is, uh, I think they've got three or four peat dyes out there, but Eagle Eye is kind of the the golden child to the rest of the courses. And it is a bit of a composite between a lot of his other works. Some that I've played, some that I haven't. Uh, places like Whistling, like um, Black Wolf Run, uh, Barefoot, Sawgrass, all kind of coincide to to make this composite course, which is honestly, I had a blast. Super forgiving fairways and uh, elevated, difficult tiered greens, typical peat dye, uh, road tie structuring and bunkering. But Absolutely fantastic, and all of $130 to play at Peak Rate. So absolutely wonderful to get out there and, and, and get a chance to play another Pete Dye and another Top 100. So notched off the list. Uh, and then back to the Rocket Mortgage, and I think, well, we've already, we've already discussed Sunday. What a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great day for you. Um, did you – what was the – what was it like being live there when Ricky made the putt? So was it bonkers? I, or? I, well, I was taking photos on, and I sent you a couple of these on 18 T just cause I had a, a particularly good angle for it. Uh, by the time they moved on, there was no way I, I attempted to get up close. Saw that I was going to be about seven, eight rows deep at least. Uh, there were folks hanging onto the fence of the pool, climbing up the fence of the pool to try to get a vantage point over the top of the stands to see Ricky putt. It was so wild. Were you there? Uh, did the I? Yes. Well, I mean, me in person, I, I was in the media tent for that. There was no way for me to get an angle anymore um, just because of how many people had crowded around 18. Because that the coverage was was horrible. The, wh- how the PG? Oh, they cut. Yeah, they cut. I don't want to talk clips. about it. Every podcast has talked about it. How they can't figure this shit out is beyond me. But like Colt Nose was talking about how it was like just a stunning, tearful almost moment where the whole crowd is chanting Ricky, Ricky after he hits some shot, but nobody gets to see it. It was not on any coverage anywhere. How? No. What? Just horrible. So the the funny part is we're all it, there's probably about forty of us in the media tent, and the TV coverage there cuts too, right? Because well, it cut for all of us, and you hear this absolute roar outside. I mean, you can hear it. We're four or five hundred yards away through a thick tent with the AC running with white noise, and you hear this absolute Ricky roar come through it. I go. Well, I mean, I, I think Ricky just did something and the TV cuts back on and it's probably 45 seconds later when he hits that first approach shot into 18 to make the birdie to go into the playoff. And then we hear that same roar happen with the uh, the birdie putt. And I go, well, let's go see how far these media credentials go. And uh, then I'm sitting on the the back end of um, the Detroit Country Club kind of patio area right behind the photography folks right in the media tent watching him take the trophy. So it was, it was fantastic. I mean, what, what a, 
what a day for Ricky and what a fantastic tournament for Rocket Mortgage. Tim, how did you not get an interview with Ricky Fowler after you won? I didn't, you know. What do we think we sent I, you there for? Like, you think we sent you there to, like, I mean, go, get in there. Like, climb in wife? there. Where's wife? <laughs> here's, here's the thing. They don't necessarily come into the media tent to do interviews. A lot of those I'm are joking. done back at the, the there's yeah. a specific PGA Tour booth that they, they do some of that in. Um, they get them right off of the green. They're they're schmoozing with like members and and sponsors. And you know, it felt good to be 25 feet away when he got the trophy. So we'll get we'll do this. We'll play stalker. We'll get closer and closer and closer over time until Mike is physically touching the winner in about five tournaments. Well, Mike's height, he can just kind of reach over and say, hey, you know, <laughs> he's just gonna take the trophy with him. I'm just gonna <laughs> lean on Danny McCarthy's shoulder. <laughs> next 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 week and say hey daddy what do you think of this victory and at the job <laughs> actually he's gonna have Danny McCarthy up on his shoulders <laughs> the trophy <laughs> oh funny well yeah it's good I, I you did well Timmy thanks for uh for heading out there that was that was uh great stuff and uh we appreciate that so uh, I know the boys will talk about this a little bit later but they're heading down to to the John Deere so we are back to back weeks gonna be representing which is really cool. Uh, Mike, you wanted to do a little Ryder Cup chatter tonight. I think I'll it's let that you run time. It. I'll let you run it. Yeah, I'll let you kind of kind of take it from here. It's uh, that time of year with Ricky's big win. Everybody's been talking Ricky to the Ryder Cup again, which is probably going to happen. Um, but it's really getting to be that kind of time. I, I know the Ryder Cup's not till September, but you you basically have two really big events coming. You got the Scottish Open and the and the Open. And, you know, after that, you got the FedEx and all that. But the the, the last chance for, for some people to really get some big wins are um, those two events. So the Ryder Cup is kind of heating up. And, I, and I, I've been kind of researching for a, a newsletter article on, you know, some of the hopefuls. And I've got this broken down. So tonight, you guys and myself, we'll get to we'll play captain. We'll, we'll be Zach Johnson and Luke Donalds. And we'll see who we who we pick here for these teams now. Uh, first things first, the point system for both teams is a complete, I don't even, I don't even know how it works. I've looked into the, I've looked into it. It's so bizarre. I can't, there's not a good explanation really anywhere. The European one's even weirder. Um, and the European side is more fun. Actually, there's more opportunities for Europe than there are for the U S to have a fun lineup. So let's do the United States first. Um, they're going to be heavy favorites. In Rome, I believe at Whistling Straits in 2021, what was it, 19 to nine victory? We just kicked ass at Whistling Straits. So the U.S. is going to go into Rome, heavy favorites. Now here's your United States. As of today, your your top six, which are automatically in. Scotty Scheffler's number one by a mile. He's got 25,000 points. Wyndham, number two, a lock. He's in for sure. Wow. Our guy. Our guy, he's second with 13,000 points. Scheffler's got 12,000 more, almost doubled oh the second God. place guy. Um, so Scotty's a lock. Uh, Scheffler's got a 2-0-1 career record in the Ryder Cup. If you remember, he was the like the last guy in in 2021. The they, guy, kinda, yeah. they picked him kind of, you know, as, as, a, as a little bit of an unknown, and he played well. Wyndham's never been in a President's Cup or Ryder Cup or any of that stuff. He's in for sure. There's no way he's not in. Kepka's gonna be in. I, I'm almost positive he's a oh, lot. Yeah. He, he he's has got, to he's be in third. In. He's got nine thousand three hundred and sixty-two points in third. 
then if the Ryder Cup was today, your four, five, and six guys, these, these three are, are automatically in. Uh, Xander Shoffley's fourth, 8,353 points. Cantlay's fifth, 8,328. And Max Homa is sixth, 7,650. I would say they're probably all locks to get in. Even Hope, although Homa's been reeling a little bit, but he played better at Detroit to be an all-in-one. Um, you know, like you look at like four and five, Xander and, and Cantlay. Uh, Shoffley's got a career three and one record and and Cantlay's three oh and one. And you put them together for every single team event. You just throw those two out there. You know, they're the easiest team format grouping here for for Zach Johnson because they're damn near unbeatable. They're always good at the Zurich. They're, you know, they won every match last year. You know, all the four balls in the President's Cup, they kicked everyone's ass. You, you just put those two guys together and let them go. You don't have to worry about anything. Just let them play. Um, then you guys, let's let's try to figure out what we got for people in here. Are we are we all in agreement that Xander, Patrick Kelly, and Homa probably end up making? You think? I think so. Even if Homa slips out of the top six, he probably gets in. That would be the only one. Like, does he slip hmm. out and somebody gets super hot? And you know, like, is he just reeling? Is he not playing? He hasn't played well in no majors, right? What he has going for him, though, is he played well in the President's Cup. Like, yes. He's got at least something on a resume. He was 4-0 he was four and oh in the President's Cup. He was undefeated. He did not lose. His for, his for the year, if you go back to the beginning of their calendar year they use, he has two wins, uh, one second, and eight top tens. But lately, he has not played well. But maybe he's going to get her going at Detroit. He played pretty well. Um, so let's just say Homa. I think Homa, at the end of the day, makes it. Number seven right now is Keegan Bradley. I don't know how he doesn't make it. He's won twice. He has two wins, a second, and five top tens and nine top 25s in this season. He's only 200 points behind Homa for the automatic lock in sixth. So let's say Keegan's in, right? Probably, more likely. He does have a four and three. He's played in two Ryder Cups, four and three career record. Him and Phil were, were partners, weren't they? Yes, yes. At eight right now, is Jordan Spieth. He's eighth. Lock. Um, I think he's in. <laughs> no, I think he is. He's got a win. Yeah. Six top tens. But the problem is he's got five missed cuts. He's all over the place too. But here's a but here's what I think. He I think he's one he's one of the two leaders, like the emotional leaders. You know who the other one is? JT. JT, who we'll get we'll get to him because he's a complete disaster right now. They're the I think they're the big two emotional kind of like the like like the leaders of this crew. Number nine right now is Morikawa. He's at nine, seven thousand one hundred sixteen points. He's got two runners up this year: five top tens, eight top twenty fives. Mm, if he shows any iron game whatsoever, you he'll take be him. in. I mean, he, it's he's a, just a, it's yeah. too much of a. Yeah. I think I think Morikawa gets in. Don't you think? I, I have yeah. to believe he's in, especially at that yeah, golf I, I course would, where it's going to be a ball strikers kind of course. I would, um, I would put him in over, uh, over speed. Sorry, Jeff. I think, I think those guys both get in. There's nine now. And the other thing is Morikawa's three Oh and one in Ryder cups. Uh, him and Dustin Johnson kicked everybody's ass at whistling straight. So, so we'll talk about DJ in a second here, but those two were three and Oh, they just dominated at whistling straights. You put those two together. So there's, I think we have nine locks for the U.S. team. Actually, I'm going to take that back. We have 10. 
There's no Taylor way. Gooch? Com- no, here we go. We're going <laughs> to no, skip ahead to coming in in 12th right now. Ricky Fowler is going to be on the Ryder Cup team. There's no fucking way. Listen to what he has been. If you look at data golf, he for this this season, he is the sixth ranked player in the world on their analytics behind Scheffler, Rory, Rom, Hovland, and uh, somebody else. I can't remember who it is. Um, he has been so good. He's got one win, one second, eight top tens, 15 top 25s. Um, he's the only player. He's, he's only had one round or one tournament outside the top 20 since early March. And that was the miscut at the PGA Championship. He's been so good. There's no way Ricky does not make this Ryder Cup team. Almost he's got experience. He's got experience. He's got experience. Now he's got a, his record is three divide, seven. And, his record is three seven and five in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say, just, do you do you think there's a divide though? Is there a, is there a millennial Gen Z divide between kind of there the, might be. the so, Spieths and the JTs and the Morikawas? Here's the thing. Let's say Ricky's in. That gives us ten. That's ten players. Now here's the rest of the guys. Cameron Young is 10th right now. Oh, yeah. He's been terrible. Absolutely terrible. He's got 6,856 points. This year, he's got one second, three top 10s, and only six top 25s. He's living off last year's stuff, you know, for because it's a two-year cycle for the Ryder Cup. Plus, he was one, two, and one in the President's Cup. I don't, we'll, I don't know if he ends up getting in. Sam Burns is 11th. Also has not done much. Uh, he was 0-3 and 2 in the President's Cup. Never played in the Ryder Cup. He won the match play, the Dell match play earlier this year. Uh, but he he's missed three of the last six cuts, and he only has five top tens. What he has going for him, though, is he is the basically best buddy and the practice partner for you know who, Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler. So you you know you would throw those two out in every two in every four ball probably together. So um, that, I was I, I heard a, a thing with him. It's so Scotty. He said that he plays. Uh, I can't remember where I heard this, but S- Sam and Scotty play. Uh, who was it? Um, dang it! Those two play against two other really good players a lot in practice rounds and stuff, like going back and forth and keeping records and and it sounds like it's super competitive. So there's your top twelve, right? As of today, now I think there's ten solid picks probably. I think Ricky ends up getting in. He's been too, he's been way too good not to. How the hell does he not? He's earned it, man. He's been so good. Um, so that leads us to our next. So we got Cam Young possibly. We got uh, Burns possibly. Justin Thomas is down to thirteenth. If you went strictly off the top twelve, he would be in. He'd be out. He, he here's the kicker with him though. He and Spieth are like the lifeblood of that last Ryder cup team. They were the energy guys, you know, that were, they were out, out there. Justin Thomas's career record of the Ryder cup is six, two and one. He's an ass kicker in the Ryder cup so far, but he's been awful. All of his points are from the PGA championship last year. If he didn't have that win, he wouldn't be any, even in the conversation. Probably. Um, he's only got three top tens this year for the whole season. Um, but I think I, I think they'll pick him. I, I, because uh, you know what? Yeah, I, th- I think he's buddies with Zach Johnson too. I think those guys are buddies with Zach Johnson, like Spieth. Um, and Justin Thomas, which leads me to the guy. I make the case for my guy, 
right right now coming in at 14th on this list denny mccarthy baby he's 14th on the Ryder cup list he's got one runner up five top 10s 12 top 25s this year he's played great he is the best putter in the fucking world like he is so good with the flat stick it is unbelievable and i can tell you right now nothing is more demoralizing in match play remember the Ryder cup's not stroke play then when you have to play somebody that you know is going to be making putts from everywhere it puts so much more pressure on you you have to hit it better you know and it, and, and and you're up there when you're with a 20 footer for birdie and they got a 40 footer you're sitting there thinking holy shit this guy might make this one i better you know make this one it's a lot of pressure when you're playing somebody who puts it the way denny mccarthy puts it and if he wins if denny mccarthy wins or if he top like fives two of these three events and Justin Thomas or, or uh, Cam Young or, or Burns don't, he could jump them and get into the top 12. Denny McCarthy could, he's not that many points behind. Um, but I think Denny's been great. Now here's the other guys. You tell me, you tell me who you would, would you pick Denny McCarthy over Cameron Young? You too. Um, I think McCarthy's a better course fit. If it was more of a USA style course, I'd go Cameron Young. How about over Sam Burns? Um, that one I'd have a hard time with. I mean, Sam Burns won the they'll play match play against the best he players did. in the world. Been terrible since. Doesn't, doesn't well, I get that. I get that, but he also again has, you know, has a little bit better resume overall than Danny McCarthy. Does he though? He's got yeah, more wins. He's got he's got wins. He actually has won something. He's got he's, wins. He's, he's, I will say he's not been good in majors though. That that he's you know, not. You know where he, you majors. know where he hasn't got a win. The President's Cup was terrible. Got his ass stomped in every single match. A couple ties and four ball because somebody else carried him. Yeah. Okay, so let's just so let's assume it's down. You got two spots. You got Justin Thomas, Denny McCarthy, uh, Cameron Young, Sam Burns. Here's your other options. Kurt Kitayama's fifteenth. I don't think he's getting no, picked. No. Zalatoris is still sixty. He really hasn't played all year. He's not. Uh, no, he's, he's Harris English is seventeenth. He's not getting picked. I doubt unless he, he doesn't wins. Do any, he does not he, move the needle for me. If he wins, you know, if that guy wins, he might get all the way up in there. Tony Finau is eighteenth mm-hmm. and has not played well. Missed the cut in Detroit. Hasn't played very well. I don't think he gets in unless he wins or shows some life here. What about what about that, the Bulldogs? The one what about that, Billy Horschel? What nah, about he's uh, way down there? I know that. I know that. But the one guy that could do it, Dustin Johnson, sits at 34th in the standings, you know, because of the live stuff. But Dustin Johnson is 12 and 9 career in Ryder Cups, and he was 5 and 0 at Whistling Straits. Just kicked ass. It was dominant. I could see a scenario where Zach Johnson picks Dustin Johnson and just go and rolls with it. You put him in Morikawa. Because you think about how easy that is. If you pick Dustin Johnson, you're going to roll him and Morikawa in every four ball. You're going to roll Xander and Cantlay in every single four ball. And if he picks Th- Justin Thomas and Spieth, you're going to roll those two in every four ball. You only have to come up with one other one other team out of Wyndham and Scotty and Ricky Fowler and Homa. Uh, it makes your job pretty easy, and you have proven winners. So I don't know. What do you think? Who who gets in? Who gets in out, out of Justin Thomas, Denny McCarthy, DJ? Cameron Young, Sam Burns, or Tony Fina. Those are kind of that's kind of what it comes down to for two spots, I think. So I, I think Ricky gets in at this point. I don't see how he does it. He's played so well. 
I, I, I love the DJ pick. I think that's a no brainer. I, I could see it happening. Okay. Sure. So, so the reason why I think it's a possibility, and this is just, I don't, I mean, has he played great and, and stuff? He was okay at the U.S. Open. He was in it for a while, and then he kind of had a bad Sunday. But I think he almost, you know, Brooks is in. Do you almost have to have one other live, live player to kind of just steady the waters a little bit? Is it kind of weird just having one live player on the entire team? Well, I mean, I think those are the two live guys that the other guys don't mind playing with. Well, they didn't, they didn't like, DJ and Brooks. they didn't, they never were, you know, not to say, you know, assholes towards anything. Like they, they, they kind of went without blazing trails or suing people or, yes, you know, so that, that's one thing they have going for them. And, and, and we know that Brooks is the ultimate competitor. We know that he has that mode where he, you know, he, um, you know, he performs in majors. He's fantastic. This is, I don't think there's, I, from what I've gathered, there's nothing more, even majors, head of majors, that this is more pressure. Yeah, Kepka That's doesn't have a great Ryder Cup record, six, five, and one, but he has a winning record, I guess. Um, And I would say, I don't know, does of course really fit DJ? That's my other thing. Like, I, I just want to make sure that, you know, if I'm Zach Johnson, that this golf course is going to fit because the last time we tried to come out and bully the golf course and take oh you know did not work out very well we got hammered in europe in france we bullied yes. it in hazel we bullied it in hazel t in 2016 yeah. and, and the europeans complained the pins were too easy and um the only other like if you look at the live guys gooch is the only one that's played that he's won three times but he's burnt so many bridges by suing the pga tour the U.S. Open, they booted his exemption, and the other guys like Harold Varner and Sergio went through, and they went through qualifying, got, and he just said, "Screw it, I'm going to make a point that I should be in," and didn't even try. So I think he's out, and Reed's the out. There's not the only live guy. The only live possibility to me is Dustin Johnson. I know Bryson's played well, but I don't think Bryson fits the the group like. Whistling straights, he was actually phenomenal. He drove the first green that one day on Sunday. And, <laughs> but then right. he, he didn't stay for the party. He left to go be in long drive. He had to get out there to go compete in long drive. He didn't stay with the, for the team party afterwards. Like, so he, he they're not going to pick him. No, no way. So I think that's well. I think guys. that's part of it, though, that, that Mike. I think I think the dynamics. I mean, when it comes down to it, they're all relatively very good golfers, right? Um, certain skill sets, the golf course, I think is important. You know, what, you know, what kind of, uh, par threes do we have? You know, who's got great par three scoring, who's got, you know, if par fives aren't a big issue and they're not going to be something that length matters, you know, then maybe look at some other guys. But I think, uh, you know, when you're making a team, I think, uh, emphasis on chemistry and they have to just have a pulse. I think right now, JT is the only one that just needs, I mean, I don't really know if you can justify picking him just based off how he's played. So he's got to do something, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, I think it's good. I don't think you just can pick him just because he's, you know, he's he's not JT of JT. And I, I, I know he's the emotional leader. I think Spieth is the experienced leader. He's got the most experience, I think. But, you know. Does, but not a great record in the Ryder Cup. Justin Thomas is no, so, way better. But, um, I, yeah, I think JT needs to play well, which – actually could bode well for the 3M. He could, he's 68th in FedEx Cup points. He could possibly be sitting there after the Scottish Open and the British Open and not play that well and think, shit, I need to try to win an event and get in the FedEx and the Ryder Cup, and he might show up. I don't know. Uh, he came to Detroit. First time he's ever played in Detroit was this week. Um, but he's not, uh, Justin Thomas is not that far out of like 11th and even 10th place uh, on points. 
But like I said, it's all off of last year's PGA. That's all. It's that's it. He hasn't done shit since then. Okay. So that's your U.S. You know, you're looking at a couple guys. You're basically down to like four guys probably for two spots. The European team, way more fun. So, so many options for Luke Donald here. It's amazing. Okay. The European picking of this team is the most effed up thing I've ever seen. They have two separate point systems. When you go on the Ryder Cup website, there's a European points and a world points. They take the top three out of both. So there are six for sure. Now, some of these carry over, like John Rahm is number one in both. So John Rahm is in. Here's who, here's who are pretty much a lock, I think. Uh, Rahm, Rory, they're one and two in both European points and world points. Victor Hovland is third in world points. You know, Tyrrell Hatton's fourth. He'll get picked. Fitzpatrick is fifth. He'll get picked, obviously. Tommy Fleetwood will get picked. He's sixth. Where's Lowry, Cam Smith? He's Australian. He's not European. Australian Timmy. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lowry, Lowry is seventh. He'll be, he'll be in for sure. And I'm pretty sure they'd probably take Justin Rose. He's played pretty well. He's eighth. The guy that's going to screw this whole thing up is on the European point system. Yannick Paul is in third. Excuse me. <laughs> you guys, if you don't, if you're not coffee golfers like myself and, and like watching the DP world tour, Jeff's always golfing at six 30 in the morning. <laughs> uh, Yannick Paul is third. He hasn't really done much this year. He's got a win last year. I think hits it pretty long. He's got 1,576 points. He's the guy that's going to completely throw a wrench in their shit. If he somehow stays in third, because then they have to take him. Because in the world points, he's 17th. You know, he'll so if he gets the fourth in the European points, he's not going to get in. But I, so so let's just let's say for now that Yannick Paul is going to get passed. We have eight those those top eight guys. I said, I so we have four spots left. I think Adrian Moronk gets in for sure. You guys have heard of Adrian Moronk. I right? have. Yep. Yeah, he is fourth in the European points, one thousand five hundred fifty-five. And he is ninth in that in that world points ranking list. So he's right up there. Plus his one win this year, guess what? Was at the golf course where the Ryder Cup is. He won that, he won that event. That's hard to that's hard to playing with Luke Donald. (laughs) Not to mention, oh my God. Not to mention he's played, he's got two top 25s in the PGA tour, six top tens on the on the DP, you know, the European tour. He's third in scoring average on their tour, first in strokes gained total, first in strokes gained off the tee, and he makes a shitload of birdies. Like, that's what else? If there's one thing that's good for match play, it's please get somebody that makes a lot of birdies. So I got to think Moronk's in for sure. So that's nine guys. Let's say, let's say he passes Yannick Paul and he goes into third on their automatic thing because he's fourth. That's nine. So we got to find three Europeans. Here's where it gets fun. Here's our options. Here, I'll give you guys some options. Victor Perez, my guy, is in fifth place in the European points right now, 13th on the world points. Uh, Victor Perez on the PGA Tour has made four or five cuts this year, two top 25s, T12 in the PGA Championship. He's got a win and two top 10s on the European Tour. So he's up there. Here's 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 some other options for you. Aaron Rye is a possibility. Ooh, Steps. strong showing this last year. Aaron Rye has played pretty well. He's yeah. played pretty well. Step Straka. Well, Seamus Powell. Or okay, yeah, yeah. Alex Norin is 12th. And Victor Perez is 13th. Now, or 
Here's one for you, Tim. Sergio Garcia. Possibly the greatest Ryder Cup player in history. He's got the most wins, I think. Uh, what do you? What the hell does Luke Donald do with Sergio Garcia? He resigned from the European Tour, you know, before this merger, and he was at odds with like Rory and Ron. But they've kind of made up now. I think a little Sounds bit. Sounds like they've, they made up. It's for, they, for sure, Rory made, made up. up. Yep. So you got to figure out what you do with Sergio Garcia. I don't know. He has not. He has not played very well on live or anything. So I don't know. I don't well, know. Can we can we bring up can we bring up the weather forecast because <laughs> Rye looked absolutely at home at Rocket Mortgage with his double gloves <laughs> in the rain. He was ready to go. So here's other options from Europe: the Hoygard brothers. You could you could pick both brothers, Rasmus and uh, whatever Hoygard. They're actually pretty good players. Molinari good brothers part two. They've had good years. Well, how about that shitty thing? Don't you think two years ago when they were like we're going to Rome that that friend that Molinari was a lock to be on this team in his home country having you know he didn't play great at whistling but in 2018 at in France him and Fleetwood were like unbeatable and they had those videos they were like laying in bed celebrating yeah. and all that stuff <laughs> they were unbeatable and now now you're going to be in a home country so maybe I mean Molinari would have to win the Open to get picked at this point he's done nothing so I don't think he's in. There's another option, gentlemen. There's actually two options. There was a little tournament at Century World, Tim's favorite course this week. Oh, Bernard yeah. Longer? Bernard Longer won. Bernard at, at Longer. Age, oh, age, my God. At age 65, <laughs> obliterated everybody, killed everybody. So you could take Bernard, but I'm not. I'm going to propose. No I'm going to propose taking a different senior tour player for Europe. 51 years old. Anybody want to guess who who they who Luke Donald could legitimately take? It's possible he takes a senior. Uh, let's see here. Give me a country. Give me a country. Ireland, Ireland or Northern Ireland. Oh, Potty. Podrick Harrington. Who the bomber now? Year, yeah, Podrick Harrington this year has played five PGA Tour events, not Champions events, five PGA Tour events, made all five cuts, top 10 at Valero, um, 27th at the U.S. Open. So he's he's legitimately competed. On the Champions Tour, he's played eight events, and he's got one win, two seconds, and six top 10s total or something like that. So it's like, yeah, eight events. Not to mention his driving distance. I looked this up just today. On the senior tours, 301.5 yards at age 51. Whoa. He's hitting it farther than he ever has. To give you a little indication of that, Shane Lowry is 302.6. Uh, Fleetwood's 302.7. Finau's 304.9. So Patty it's, bombs it. You could It's legit, not a long course either. It's 7,300 yards. And he's a great putter. His putting stats, he's like number one or two on the Champions yeah. Tour. You could legitimately pick Patty Harrington from the Champions Tour to play for Team Europe uh, in the Ryder Cup. It's a possibility. Um, I'm If I'm Luke Donald, I'm going off the board. And I'm looking at this Ryder Cup, and I'm thinking, we are heavy underdogs. Let's Why not get ready for the future? Get the youngsters out there. Let's get them, get them some, some reps. And I'm taking Ludwig. 
Aberg. I know Jeff's going to piss on this one, but uh, <laughs> Ludwig, two-time NCAA Player of the Year, has played three PGA Tour events since not only turning pro, earning his tour card for the rest of the year. He's made the cut in all three. He's got two top 25s. Um, his last two weeks, he shot four 65s. And all I know, again, is it's match play. Double bogey don't matter. Birdies matter. You need to make a lot of them. And he just happened to play with, with Luke Donald Thursday and Friday in Detroit, at Detroit and shot 65-65 right in front of him. I'd lock him up. Just throw him out there you to know, the wolves. He kind of reminds me of, um, you know, he's young, so I can't really quite put my finger on that he's like this. But he kind of, you know, two guys that the Ryder Cup has had in the past that kind of just fit kind of his mold was, I think of Thomas Peters and Nicholas Colzarts, uh, yeah. right? Kind of the big, taller guys, um, you know, give them a little bit of power, a little bit of beef. You know, you, a lot of European guys are kind of more, more known for precision and, you know, um, kind of just ball striking. And you got you need a little bit of guy that can kind of put the put the ball out there a little ways. And so I think he could fill that role. He you led know? the PGA Tour this week in Detroit in total driving. At, Which is uh, impressive. At at de- very, very sneaky, good field too. Yeah. Um, however, I just don't know a guy that young, you know, there's a reason why he starts off hot and can't finish. Right. Because he oh, just, sure. I, I don't, I don't know if he's just not ready. And I, I don't know if this is the year. That's what I'll say. I'll say that you will see him on Ryder cup teams for sure. I just don't know if he's quite, ready that'd be my only the problem the europeans have at the bottom of their lineup is just none of these guys have played very well sep straka hasn't done much lately uh seamus power hasn't had a very good year Uh, alex noren's actually played okay noren's coming on a little bit but they got to pick somebody so i got one more name this would be crazy but if i'm luke doll i might do it adrian dumont de chazer chazer is his name tim have you ever heard of this guy no, but it sounds like a lovely wine out of France. <laughs> He's from Belgium. Belgium. He's a Belgian. Golfed at the University of Illinois. Just turned pro a month ago. So he's super young. But have you seen what he's done on the Corn Ferry Tour? He's playing Corn Ferry. Three events. He has a win, a second, and an eighth. Here are, here are his scores in three events. First event, 66, 67, 66, 65. Second event, 64, 64, 63, 70. Third event, 65, 68, 67, 63. Wow. He is a birdie machine, which again, it's match play, folks. You can make mistakes. If you make a lot of birdies, you have a pretty good chance of winning. And he makes them in buckets. He is crazy good. Un- like unreal good. He's, he's, he's almost got like a tour card coming off the corn for in a month. He's that That's good. impressive. So throw him out there, put him and Ludwig out there, take Patty, take Patty and the two just youngsters and throw them out there. (laughs) Can you imagine? Like, think about the mind games you could play on, on the Americans. Let's say, let's say Justin Thomas makes the, makes the team and he's real and he's playing crappy. He's getting pounded by a senior tour player. Patty's beating them. And like, that's a, that's a (laughs) mental, like, that's crazy. Like you're out there like, Jesus, senior tour guys kicking my ass. Or, or let's say, uh, Let's say in singles, when all 12 guys go and you're like, who are we going to put against Scheffler? Adrian, you're going out there right off the corn for a tour to play Scheffler and you start beating him early on. You have the number one player in the world saying, I'm getting beat by a corn fairy guy. 
what the hell? It could be possible. It's a lot of mind games and, and match play. And, and and that guy makes a ton of birdies, by the way. It's an insane amount of if you look at his scorecards, there are so many circles there, it's it's silly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The European teams actually got crazy options at the bottom of their lineup. Where the US team, it's kind of like three, four guys fighting for two spots. But we'll see what happens. I mean, the next month kind of figures it out because once you get into FedEx, it's almost all locked up basically, unless somebody goes on a crazy run. Yeah, yeah. I think the open the open will be big. The open will yep. will will be a big thing for that. If it's if it's a guy like Scotty Scheffler winning or you know, somebody that doesn't is already locked in, then then it might not change much. But if you can get somebody on those outside skirts looking in, taking top two or three, you know, spot or you know, finishing top two, three, then then there could be a yeah, it's a little mix up. So wait till, Denny, fun. Denny, wait till Denny wins this weekend. And John, <laughs> the dear, how Denny will be like, it'll be like, Ricky, you can't, you can't keep him out. Well, let's foreshadow that the boys are going down to John Deere this week, but, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more next week, but I want to say, uh, we are just gonna, we haven't done this a lot. We're going to make a pick a winner to win the John Deere. Since the guys are going down there, Mike's already foreshadowed his pick. I mean, he's basically fan club, you know, of the Denny yeah. McCarthy fan club. So Timmy, who are you picking for the John Deere? You know, this is a, this is a John Deere darling and hasn't shown the best form. Was there at Rocket Mortgage, but I confirmed in person, had a chat, told Sean O'Hare, previous winner, you need a little turn on a little something, a little underdog story, a little return as Ricky did to uh, to where he got his start. So going Sean O'Hare. Sean O'Hare, the return to glory. You think Jen Nats is going to say the return to glory? No. Sean O'Hare alive? Have you, have you checked no, out he's a, alive. Have you checked his status? Is he, is he uh, oh, still he on has, earth with us? He, he, his facial hair looks almost like mine. It's so gray and white. Well, I'm just going. Um, I'm just going with a guy that likes, you know, makes Burry has great host course history. He had sneaky good recent success, and that's uh, that's Russell Henley. He loves showing up at events like this. So, what do you mean events like this? Uh, <laughs> one's played in Illinois, not in Iowa. This is technically in Illinois, folks. Yeah, and Timmy, do you want to give us a little background on your John Deere Classic? I mean, you are a spokesperson. You you live and breathe the JDC. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a great course. So it's in Silvis, Illinois, which right outside of the Quad Cities, uh, Davenport, Bettendorf, Moline, Rock Island, two in Iowa, two in uh, Illinois. But um, it's a wonderful course. It's... Goodness, do you even treat it as a parkland? It is very tree-lined. It's got a ton of elevation change, um, fairly small greens, and a bit of a, oh, it's target golf. I, I have to say, it. it's it's a bit of target golf in a lot of situations, but it's an absolutely beautiful course, and it's it's a bit different than a lot of the other tour stops that the players will see where they can kind of bomb and gouge. There's not going to be much of that here. It's, it's a much more precise golf course. Um, the quad seats itself doesn't offer a ton of, of great public golf. There's three or four within a couple or an hour, hour and a half drive uh, that are worth playing spirit hollow uh, blue Ridge, um, Amana colonies, fire Lake, uh, all kind of within a, a close proximity for public. And then 
the shining star on the hill, which is Davenport Country Club. We're going to try uh, our damnness to get on that thing somehow. Still trying. We're going to, I'm going to be sending lots of messages this week. We're people. just going to break in. Yeah, they they could, don't have could. a strong fence. The, the, <laughs> the old F-150 can go right through it. That's true. It could, for sure, for sure. Uh, I want you guys to know that Vegas knows, baby. Danny McCarthy. Is the he the Vegas, favorite? The Vegas sportsbook favorite, him and Russell Henley. What a crazy world, because they, they also know, because Ludwig, baby, is a is a way better betting favorite than Adam Hadwin, who just took T-second. They got Ludwig way ahead of Adam Hadwin. Um, Interesting. But uh, Danny McCarthy, by the way, threw 54 holes last year at this event, was 16 under before he blew up the last round and took T6. So he's going to, this is his time. Is it, is Stricker or Zach Johnson playing it this week? That's what I want to know. Uh, what if Zach Johnson wins and then picks himself to play in the Ryder Cup? <laughs> <laughs> that would be oh, I love that. That would be epic. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Stricker is. How would that coaching go? He just looks in the mirror. Stricker's not in the field. Please tell me Zach Johnson's not in the field. He is in the field. Zach Johnson's playing. Yes. Late run. A little late run for Zach and Jay to get on his own team. He had a great showing at uh at Rocket. So well, if he wins the he wins the JDC and then goes and wins another open, you yeah. know, then he's sitting pretty. <laughs> then, then, then JT is fucked for sure. <laughs> so well, I was going to point this out. Uh, we don't have much more to, to chat about tonight, but I, I watched, I got a chance to watch a little bit of the senior open. We mentioned um, Bernhard longer, but uh, watching that guy, is there, he's, he's kind of like a shuffler. He plays, you know, golf, not golf swing. And he just, I don't, he must have the like best club face awareness in the world. I just don't know how he's doing helicopters and his body's moving everywhere. And it's just, dialed fairways greens fairways greens and then on top of that he hits that dang wand from anywhere that's not in the rough uh, which by the way there have been that, some videos. that thing that thing is damn close to being anchored okay. it is so close i don't know how the way he puts it though it doesn't feel like it's anchored. he still has a little yippy stroke on that thing sometimes I but I, how impressive is that let's be honest six i'm basically almost 66 years old and he's playing against guys that, like, Paddy Harrington, it could be 50, 51. Yeah, listen to this. This is crazy. I'm looking at the, I'm looking guys up right now quickly. Olin Brown won the U.S. Senior Open in 2011. Olin Brown is only 64 years old today. <laughs> <laughs> and he won the U.S. Senior Open, like, 13, 12, 13 years ago, and he's still younger today than Bernhard Langer is, who just won at Century World, <laughs> which is crazy. And uh, he topped he topped Hale Irwin's uh, record as well with that win, so that's pretty cool. I love that they were just ripping the flower hole. Like <laughs> somebody, Jerry Kelly, one day hit a terrible shot, and they're like, "That could even be in the flowers." Like they even understood that this whole is these flowers are pointless. They're just Mike. Silly. It's, it's called the Mona Lisa. All right, <laughs> give it some respect. Uh, the greens look crazy, though. Yeah, I thought. I thought. You know, the, the weird thing is, is you watch the guys in the top of the leaderboard. You know, Ber- Bernhard got all the way up to ten under, but then you actually go down and look at some of those golf scores that those people were shooting there, and it's you had guys shooting a million nineties. There were nineties. Rocco Media was 10 over on one round. I mean, it's just like these guys make it look so easy, and it was not that easy. And then and 
the senior tier, what's it known for? It's known for a bunch of guys that have great tempos that hit lots of fairways, right? So it had to be way more difficult than when we watch in Jerry Kelly and Stricker and and uh, Bernard Langer play because they, you know, they very rarely had hiccups or mess ups. So they did, you know, everybody kind of has a here and there, but like they made that course look easy and it's not. The I told you, Mike, it's a good thick. golf course. They had the rough thick. It was TV made it pretty boring. God, it looks flat. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't look like it was super tight, tight, did it? No, but the rough, if you got in the rough, it was thick. It was healthy. Um, and, I, and I think Bernhard was not hitting driver a lot, too. He'd hit this little hybrid, like, cutty helicopter swing and just put it in the fairway, get, put it in the green. The golf swing is looking worse and worse every year, but he keeps winning. I don't know. <laughs> and his putter, he doesn't even chip anymore because he can't. Oh, oh, I mean, oh that's there's how, hope. There's hope still. There's hope for all of us. <laughs> that's unbelievable. So... All right. Well, anything else, boys? Yes. We. I want to commend. Before we leave, I want to commend. I want to give a little clap to Live, the Live Tour. I think um, with the merger, it's their event, which is maybe on the best golf course they've played yet, is even less important now, and nobody even knows it's going on. Like they had an event this week, everybody. Just so you know, Taylor Gooch won, uh, but nobody is. It's like nobody cares. Even it's even less cared about than ever. But I want to commend them because I don't know if Kepka Kepka went in somebody's ear and said, "Start stroking these guys." But Dick Bland, <laughs> Richard Bland, got a yeah, penalty. Stroke of course, it's Dick Bland that got the... <laughs> Dick Bland got, got a penalty stroke for slow play. They Dick they got put, stroked. All right, they, yeah, Dick got stroked at the at, at Andalusia. <laughs> <laughs> they. Uh, they put a bunch of guys on the clock and they actually stroked Dick Bland. They gave him family strokes. I love it. Love to see it. <laughs> what does it take? In Could a it happen event? to a better name? What does it, ta- what does it take in a live event to get, you know, dinged? I don't even know. I don't know. To get stroked? Well, like, it, it was, and the crazy thing is, is they let him use range finders. Like, what are you th- worrying about? Like he's, it took, I think it t- said it took him 82 seconds to hit a shot or something, you know, between, between getting the yardage and actually hitting it. It was like a minute and a half or I don't know. But, Waiting for the right wind, who knows? Who knows? But yeah, they stroked old Dick at the live tour. All right. Well, that's, that's good for them. <laughs> PGA Tour won't PGA Tour won't do it. No. They, they, they don't follow through with that. So all right. Well, gentlemen, good to talk to you. Uh look forward to seeing what, what to see what you guys uh accomplished down there in Illinois. And uh yeah, see what see what you guys end up uh, doing and golfing and what uh what our next uh yeah so we get ready for the 3m that'll be our next one that we get to attend as well so looking forward to it uh have a great week guys and as you guys know difference between 79 and 80 is everything maybe today's the day i brigade what the ball to draw but it keeps on fading no ob and no bogeys i gotta keep it on the 80 is the gold when you hit it on one Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80.